0: Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 48, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today's interview is with Sean Freeman. He is the founder and CEO of TWT Group, which is a managed IT services company in Calgary. In this interview, Sean shares his story on how and why he started his own IT company when he knew it was time to make the leap out of his nine to five and why he wished wishes he would have done it sooner I really liked hearing his story Um, for me it was very similar even though we obviously took different paths we were in different industries um, and he's been doing it a lot longer but we had the same moment of knowing that working at a nine-to-five for somebody else just wasn't going to work and so for me personally it was good to hear somebody else's story who had the same trajectory at their nine-to-five and quit their job for similar reasons and then he's successful at running his own company so it gives me hope that I will be able to keep this job going for myself so that's always reassuring and for people listening that are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur um, Sean has lots of good advice and practical steps to take if you don't want to be at your nine to five anymore and have a side hustle or other dreams in your future. Um, Sean talks about how fear is the biggest limitation for people trying to reach their full potential and how to overcome that as you grow your business. He talks about when he knew he should hire his first staff and the difference between hiring employees and contractors and why he thinks hiring employees is the better option. Um, I asked him specific questions about hiring employees because I've had a couple people listening ask for advice for growing their small business or how to hire their first person or what to look for and so I get Sean to talk about what he looks for when he hires and the processes that he takes Um, just for people listening who are wanting to grow their small business and don't really know how to go about hiring people. We also talk about company culture and how important it is for a company and how a leader should coordinate that because not only is hiring people important, but managing those people and creating a space where people enjoy working as well as thrive and are the best versions of themselves while working for your company is really important. I know personally that I've had jobs where the culture wasn't as good as it could be. And so hearing from other people, like Sean, how they built a strong culture, I think is really important for businesses, especially now when, like he says, when you are dealing with millennials and different motivations and how to really bring all that together and create a space that works for everybody and creates the most successful, productive company while still giving people the flexibility and ability to live their own lives as well. Um, He gives a list of pros and cons of being an entrepreneur and steps that people listening should take if they're thinking about becoming self-employed. This interview is full of great advice and opinions about being an entrepreneur and um, why he enjoys the flexibility of it. Um, I think you will really like it. So with that, let's get into it. Here is Sean. podcast, I am on a call today with Sean Freeman of TWT Group. Thank you for sitting down with me.
1: Thanks for having me, Rachel.
0: Do you want to start with introducing yourself and telling us what you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm Sean Freeman. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of TWT Group. Uh, we're an IT services company. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur and investor in a few other local businesses as well. And uh, yeah, I just I just love to uh, have fun and build things that matter.
0: Cool. And before we get into what your company is and the things you do now, what did you think you're going to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, I really thought I was going to be a hockey player. Um, <laughs> I got interrupted with a uh, you know, whole bunch of life things and family breakups and uh, you know, and then school kicked in.
0: Uh, yeah. So here I am. Uh,
1: I'm a big tech nerd now. So yeah, <laughs> not a bad second uh, option.
0: No, it could be a lot worse for sure. And what was the path from that? So from obviously from hockey, but what did you take in school and how did you um, end up deciding to start your own IT company?
1: Yeah. So I guess um, my dad was actually the, the person who really got me into technology and interested in computers um, and then i kind of just ran with it and really enjoyed it went to university of calgary took computer science uh, went to waterloo and took a, a management science course there um, got my master's and then i was working in it kind of right out of school you know calgary oil and gas was really booming then and got a summer job and then that turned into a full-time career and uh, i worked in that for I want to say about five years, uh, kind of right out of university and then um, just, yeah, just started to kind of want to move up and do more things and challenge myself. And really, there wasn't really any options in my roles there. Um, I actually wrote a, I wrote an article, an entrepreneur about it. Um, my, My last boss kind of told me to focus on my job. And it was at that point where I realized that my job wasn't that job it was focusing on like building my own thing and uh, so I decided to take the leap and I think about six or eight months after he told me that I left and started my own company.
0: Wow that's awesome. I had a boss tell me the same thing and that's when I quit to do my own thing as well. <laughs>
1: <Very> <laughs> so I
0: understand.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, and so to actually start your company what was that journey like? Did you already have clients or an idea of what you were going to offer or did you kind of just take the leap and figure out as you went?
1: Yeah so I had a few clients actually before I quit my job um, you know some people might badly upon me for that but you know I, I didn't neglect my role at the job and they were only paying me for nine to five so um, in my free time I, I made it work and uh, made the sacrifices you know I wasn't out every night partying with friends or anything I was working and making sure that my few clients were taken care of. And it just sort of the momentum built up and they told their friends and kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, well, if I keep bringing on more clients, um, then I'm really gonna, you know, not be doing my my full-time job, so I'm gonna quit. And I took the risk and kind of said to myself, you know, a few few of my friends even told me, they're like, well, what's the worst that could happen? You're a smart guy, you go find another job. And uh, so I took their advice and went with it, so.
0: Awesome. And do you want to explain what TWT group is and what kind of services you offer?
1: Yeah. So funny enough, um, speaking of my prior role, uh, TWT, the name TWT group comes from uh, a day at my last job. I was fairly frustrated with one thing. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I was talking to a coworker and I said like, you know, I could quit this job and make the same amount of money on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, <laughs> that kind of just stuck. Um, so, you know, I, I tell people that because that's where the name came from and that's who we are. And we're all about freedom. That's one of our values. And, uh, you know, but we've, we've actually come up with a, a more sales friendly version of TWT. And uh, it stands for uh, Trust, Wisdom and Technology. And, uh, yeah, so there's two sides of that, uh, the meaning to the company name. Um, and, and yeah, we do, we do managed IT services, so we help people and businesses with their IT. Um, generally, our clients are any companies from 10 to about 150 in size, and you know, they don't need their own IT person, so we kind of do everything for them, um, both on a day-to-day basis, but also on a strategic um, you know, 18-month sort of uh, plan, so they kind of know what to expect going forward.
0: And has that evolved since you started? Like, do you offer more or different services or how have you grown with the like, digital world that we're in?
1: Yeah, so I mean, when we first started, like I was designing WordPress websites for people cause you know, they wanted to give me money for them. And now we don't do that at all. We've realized it's not what we're good at. And we have kind of got to the point where we're lucky enough that we can say, this is what we're amazing at. And this is all we're gonna sell. Um, and, and we do a really good job at that. And that's kind of our focus. And, you know, that is the kind of IT department, the support, the infrastructure, the strategy pieces. Um, we kind of sell it in a model as like you pay one price per employee that you have. If you're 10 people or 50 people, you pay the same price per person and we kind of do everything. We don't nickel and dime our clients are like, hey, you gotta add that on if you want that extra feature. Um, they just get everything included, and it's it's really simple and easy, and, you know, usually technology is not that way, so we try to kind of offset it with um, making what we offer really easy.
0: Right. Well, especially if people are coming to you, then they need that simplicity anyways. Yeah, and people
1: don't want to, like, have to deal with that or try to understand it. They just want to know that, okay, it works, it's protected, it's backed up, and I'm safe, you know, especially in today's world of uh, cybersecurity,
0: right? Right. Well, especially because all businesses now are online. So everyone needs that for sure.
1: They do. Yeah. And even, you know, the smaller businesses think that they're, nobody's going to target them, but it's really not people targeting you. It's the fact that most of the hacking is anonymous and it's automated. Like they have bots out there just trying to find people and it's not actually somebody picking who to go after. Um, So more small businesses are actually more vulnerable.
0: Oh, interesting. And would you, is there like specific things that get targeted or like weak points that businesses should be aware of? I don't yeah, to, we, I don't we, write,
1: know. we write countless blogs on this. Like the problem is that people, you know, we, we get the complaint, like your computer's forcing you to reboot to apply updates. Like people just feel so inconvenienced by that sort of thing. And the problem with that is then the hackers know that, oh, hey, there's that security update that you know a lot of people are just um, too inconvenienced to apply or, or they just keep hitting, like, remind me later, and it just never happens. And then the hackers just use that vulnerability to get into your computer. So, like, the best thing you can do is just update your stuff. Um, as simple as it sounds, people just don't do it often enough.
0: Right. Yeah, we're all lazy. <laughs> and we don't want to take that hour that it takes to
1: well, or too busy, right? Like, oh, I can't do it on my computer for 10 minutes. Like, you know, it's, we always try to find an excuse. And, you know, I mean, there was the day when you updated something and it broke everything, but I think those days are behind us uh, for the most part. And now it's just more of a convenience factor, I think.
0: Right. Interesting. I uh, didn't actually know that. Um, What were some of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome along the way as you were building GWT?
1: Um, yeah, biggest obstacles, I would say, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. And you just try to figure it out as you go. Right. Like, um, you know, there was points of time where people like sales were easy and there was also points of time where sales were tougher and, you know, it's just, I think businesses, it's more part of a different perspective is like, They sort of ebb and flow. It's sort of like a roller coaster. <laughs> one day's great, one day's not. Um, so it's just dealing with that and kind of just trying to find sort of a normal and really not worry about the, the, thing, the little things that happen every day. Um, you know, really just trying to trust yourself and and believe in kind of what you're doing because you're, you're really the only one directing it. So how are you going to go and like hire two employees and you know, just hope it works out and make sure that you're not going to have to lay them off in two months. Right. You know, it's just sort of those internal battles. I think that a lot of people face and, and honestly, like I think those are the things that keep people from growing to their potential, like actually getting their business to the point where they could. It's mostly, I think, those internal battles for sure. And yeah, I mean, I can, I can say I've gone through them and I've, you know, every time I've struggled, I've kind of tried to reach out to people and find a way to kind of justify things to myself and get it to make sense, right? So.
0: Right, no, I like that. And do you find that you've been able to smooth out some of the issues or is it still, like you said, just kind of a take it day by day as you go?
1: Yeah, honestly, like, I think for the most part, like we've been around for about seven and a half years, so we've got a really good foundation, really good, strong client base, really good, strong employees. Um, So now it's like, it's really just the little things that come up and, you know, being a certain size business, like you get to the point where it's like something that would have like put me out of business in my first six months now is like, eh, we'll be okay. (laughs) It's fine. Like you know, let's just go find another client, and make up for it, or whatever. Like you know, if it's tax increases or something like that, like we can we can kind of deal with those things better now that we are a little bigger. Um, but you know, coming from somebody who started the company, you never forget the the little struggles you went through, and you don't you don't want to have to get back to that point either, right? So
0: right, totally. And,
1: and also being in Calgary and just like seeing what's going on with other businesses that were like super successful. And uh, just, I think a little bit of paranoia is
0: a healthy thing too. Totally. You don't want to let things go and then it ends up catching up to you. So,
1: Well, no, and you have to make informed decisions and you can't just like blow your money and just like hope it grows. You might as well just go to the casino if that's the case, right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: um, and if you could go back when you started, uh, would you do anything differently?
1: Um, yeah, I probably would have quit my job earlier and started the company sooner. Um, I think, you know, really like from what, from knowing myself, um, I think just getting a, getting a quick start, not being so reluctant to get going and, and, uh, really just trust myself and just go for it. Um, I kind of would have kicked it off earlier.
0: Okay. And is that what, how would you advise people who are thinking about quitting their job for a side hustle or something is there things they should think about or be aware of or just like um moments that they've noticed that maybe that's the time to take the leap rather than waiting for things to be more stable or more ready
1: yeah I mean I think I think the thing is like people let fear hold them back and when ideas are presenting themselves to you like kind of have to make that decision and say, okay, I'm going to go for it Um, because they'll pass you by. They'll go to somebody else and somebody else will take those, uh, those opportunities. Right. So I really think, you know, it's great to have, you you need to have a strong kind of foundation, you know, people around you to support you. um, Good groups to kind of refer you to people. Um, But I think really until you get going until you're serious about it, I don't think people will take you seriously. But once once you do, once you're going and you're like making it a real thing, I think um, people will support you even if they have to go out of their way to do so. I know I had clients in the very beginning, they're like, okay, I'm going to just go through my my LinkedIn and see who I could introduce you to um, just to kind of get you, help, help you out and get you started. So those are things people don't know, right? Like And being kind of, the person that's starting out i think you can take advantage of those and, and then also down the road reciprocate right so
0: right yeah and i think people sometimes est- underestimate the generosity of other people that are in your support system like if you reach out like you said if you're going to reciprocate it later then people are willing to help you out when you need it
1: well and honestly i think like people aren't expecting you to reciprocate i think they just like inherently know like if i help you, you help me but the other thing too is like if you're being authentic and like if I come to you Rachel and say, Hey Rachel, like I just started this company. Like, you know, I'm, I, I went out on my own cause I could just pay my bills, but I'd like to grow it a bit just, you know, so I can go on vacation once a year. You know, I do this. If you could, if you know anybody that could help me, I'd love it. Like if you're being authentic, like that's all people need. And they'll go and spend half an hour to see if they know somebody to help you out. Um, and that's it. Like, they're not ex- they do that without even expecting a favor back. I know I would.
0: Right. Yeah, you just have to like ask them, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, just let them know what you need cuz a lot of the times people don't know what you need even if it's super obvious to you, right?
0: Right. Um and when did you decide that you should hire somebody? How did you know that you were ready for another person there?
1: Um so I'd say like the numbers made sense to me, right? Like I kind of said to myself, okay, well, I'm, I'm making a living. Um, I can afford to pay a salary. And you know, if we add one or two more clients, then we're doing great. Um, so I kind of just looked at my numbers for that. Um, that's probably another big thing that people don't understand. It's just their numbers. And when you start out, it's often easy to just not get your books in order and, have your accounting done properly and and really know what your margins are what your profit is like yeah sure it's great if you sell fifty thousand dollars of stuff but if 48 of that was stuff you had to go purchase like you're not doing very well (laughs) so yeah really just understanding your numbers and then you know okay well I made a hundred grand I only need to pay myself 50 I can pay somebody else 50 and then together we can do twice as much work or even, you know, 80% more work, right? So.
0: And what do you look for when you're hiring a new employee?
1: So we're, we've really kind of focused on our values around hiring. Um, we're a very technical type company, but all the tech stuff we find we can teach if people meet our values and fit the culture. So um, our values are freedom, innovation, do what's right and, ha- and happiness. So, if people fit those and they kind of blend into our culture and really um, make it better then we can teach them anything they need to know. Um, so we, you know, when we do interview, we do ask questions around those values, like, you know, freedom, like when's last time you got to work from wherever you wanted and how did you make sure you were productive or like, have you ever had unlimited vacation and you know, how did you make sure you got your stuff done so you could use it? Um, So we really try to get people thinking about that stuff. And yeah, and uh, I don't know. We also have our team interview as well. Like it's not just me hiring. Um, Like I've had people that I thought were good and my team was like, "Ah, I didn't really like this about them and we didn't hire them, so.
0: Right, which is important, especially if you have like a somewhat small team to make sure that everybody fits together.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know, everybody kind of wants to Really help out right like that's that's a part of our culture is like people really want the company to be a great place and if they can be a part of that by by interviewing somebody or you know being able to bring their opinion forward then you know who does it hurt right
0: right and how have you built the type of culture that you have i know that um, like I've been at jobs and I've heard of other people's jobs where people management isn't necessarily their strong suit, nor is the culture where it should be. Um, and from what I've heard from people that work for you and yourself, it sounds like you have a really good culture. So is that just, it just happened because of the people there? Or are there things that you do specifically to uh, make that happen?
1: Um, no, it's it's totally on purpose. Like I don't think, like every company has a culture, whether... You know it or not, or whether you control it or not. Um, So I think as a business owner, like especially now, if you're going to run a business with people under fifty, like you need to obviously recognize that they're millennials and different motivations. And we even we do a a DISC profile on all our employees to like figure out their communication styles. Um, Like we've had interoffice conflict, which is like super productive, but. You know, if people didn't know the communication style of the other person, they'd probably think that they were being like a really big jerk or, you know, and it would turn into a bigger problem um, when, when it doesn't need to. Right. So it's also like kind of training your people and empowering them. Cause you know, they don't know like that person is like very direct and that's just them. That's not anything to do with you. You don't have to take it personally. Um, So you really have to kind of put a plan together around all that stuff and it's not just like the art like you know foosball in the office or like beers on the patio it's all that other stuff that is like day-to-day relevant Um, you know I can't go bowling at national every day (laughs) it's uh it's really kind of like you know I, I kind of look at it as like a family and everybody has to have their purpose and everybody has to rely on everybody else right and you also have to keep your pulse on that too, because things change, people's situation changes. Like even in my own staff, I notice if they have a big life event, like you know they have a child or somebody in the family has an issue or something's going on, like you can tell it affects them. They might not even know. And your other staff might not even know, but like I can see it night and day. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously this person is a very good employee. know what they're doing there's just other stuff they gotta figure out and how can we support them right
0: right no i think that's really important and for small businesses would you suggest people hire employees or keep people as contractors do you have an opinion on that
1: yeah for sure i think employees um if you hire them and you have a good culture and you can bring them in and help them Um, build that culture I think they really get invested in the company Um, I don't think you get that with contractors Uh, it's it's a lot tougher anyways Um, I would say like you could do a hybrid approach as you're growing say like hey come in do a three-month contract or a six-month contract and like I'm planning to hire you full-time if you work out and also like if you're a great fit for the company, and also if we can grow the company so that I can afford to pay you still, um, you know, if, if there's like a can dangle the carrot, it's sort of a, a cliche, but I think if there is that, then you know, they'll they'll start to think of it as a longer term thing and not just like I'm doing this project and I'm going away, so whatever. Um, so I think you can get away with a hybrid if you need to, but I think I would push people in the direction of getting an employee at least if it's long term it could be a contractor short term if you're unsure but
0: right yeah it's interesting i've had a couple people ask they're like can you interview someone who will have answers to these questions <laughs> and i thought about you when you when i went to go through all your your information so that's, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> um and i know we kind of touch upon this because uh like you just said in your culture and personally um, you're into the flexibility of being able to work for yourself and have uh, that freedom. But can you touch upon the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur um, from your own experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, the pros of being an entrepreneur like, it's everything you see on Instagram. Like, you can work from anywhere, you make decent money, you can have tax write offs, you get to make a lot of decisions. Um, on the flip side, like, Every decision you make is on you. If you lose money or make money, um, that's your problem. You have nobody to blame it on. Um, you have to you have to focus on like a billion things. Um, not everybody is starting a company. Even myself, like I don't have a person that's focusing on culture. Um, I don't have a person that's you know doing a bunch of roles. But like I, so I have to kind of keep my pulse on everything. Um, and i think the other yeah the other cons like yeah being entrepreneur it's it's a lonely thing because you can't go to your employees and be like oh yeah so this client didn't pay us um and they're not going to so do you mind if we just like pay you half of your salary this month (laughs) um you know like that's not a thing you can do Um, and even if you could you wouldn't want to do it because like people have their own obligations they have to meet. So like that sort of pressure is something that you you really don't get anywhere else, right? Um, so it's really tough, right? It's, uh, it's one of those things that you just have to deal with and you need to plan ahead and be as strategic as you can looking forward so that you don't have those problems. Um, I think, yeah, just like dealing with people. Um, even if you have the best staff, you're gonna have to like work at it and you're gonna have to make sure that they're happy and trained and they might be happy today but in three months they might not be Um, you know it's it's really tough right so and uh, and then that's you know that's just internal then you look at external factors like your competitors um, and what's going on there and and then even like technology disruptors that are just gonna take over your industry like uber right like you know if you're a taxi owner if you're a business owner and you're running a taxi and all of a sudden uber comes along like now you have bigger problems that you might not even have a solution for right so right there's there's tons of different factors that you gotta kind of keep your eye on and I think you know if you add that all up it could probably get very overwhelming and you know especially if things are not amazing like it's It's even hard when it's great, but it's even harder when it's not, right?
0: Right. (laughs) But then you have the flexibility and it makes it all worth it. So you can work at midnight. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the cost
1: of living living in Mexico is a lot less. So if you just need to quit it all and go sell hot dogs (laughs) on the street in Mexico, that's an option, right?
0: Yeah. Um, And we kind of talked about the advice for people that want to – become an entrepreneur, but, um, what would be some of the first steps that you would suggest to people who are looking to make that leap?
1: Um, first steps I would, like, I would try to, um, honestly, if you're going to make that jump, I'd try to line up some clients before you do and kind of hit the ground running. Um, you know, reach out to other people that are in the same industry. Like I very frequently go for beers with competitors and just chat um, you know, we share a lot of like, probably really good information that could set us apart. But I, I look at it as like, if I'm open, then maybe they'll be more open and I'll learn something even better that I didn't know. Um, so I'd say those two things, like if you can really reach out to people that are doing what you want to do, and then also kind of line yourself up to, to have some clients out of the gate, um, you know, then you won't spend the first three months Making zero dollars and being frustrated and give up right away
0: right, definitely um, and a little bit about yourself, so how do you find that work life balance and disconnect and recharge, and then what do you do for fun? I know that's one of your values, so
1: yeah, so work life balance definitely is trickier some months than others. Um, i always I, I love to travel, so I find that I get away and when I'm away, I don't stop working, but I can say, okay, I'm going to like check my email twice a day and my team's on top of it. But then like, I find when I'm away, I come up with like brilliant ideas and just my mind is very open to thinking about different things. And you can just process stuff that you don't get to at home because you're just in the day to day. Um, So I try to get away quite a bit. Um, and, And then, yeah, like just little things like, I don't know, you've got to integrate your, your busy work life with your busy personal life too, right? You've got to, you know, go to spin class or go to yoga or, you know, do things that are good for you, but then also spend time with friends and and also really work, you know, when I find like, I don't know, have you ever written an essay in, in school and they're like, oh, you've got six weeks to do it. And then <laughs> like, I'm the type of guy that would wait till like four days prior and I would start it that day. And I would get it done, and I'd probably get a B plus And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good for four days. <laughs> so it's all about efficiency. Like, I forget the name of the law, but um, you know, something will take as much time as you give it. <laughs> um, so I find if you really, you know, focus on other things, and then you've got to get something done really quick. Like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out a way to make it happen. Um, I, it's funny. I've I procrastinated on something for like two weeks. And then finally I was just like, oh, I actually just should delegate this. And then I did it and they did a better job than I ever would have. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the little lessons like you learn as you go and you, you figure it out. Because, um, yeah, as you get busy, you really have no choice but to delegate. And, and most of the problem with delegation is on yourself. <laughs> You just don't trust somebody else to do it as good as you can. Right?
0: Right. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask that if you find that it's still a struggle to delegate when like, obviously, you know, you could do it, but you don't have the time to do it.
1: No, I mean, I, I frequently will like make a list of things that I don't like doing. Like I'll I'll keep like a note in my phone and be like, Oh, here's something like I wish I didn't have to do right now. I'll keep a list and then before I know I have to do it again, I'll give it to somebody. So you have to like really be diligent to do that. Otherwise you're just going to do it out of habit. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. When you think, I feel like sometimes you think that if you just do it, it'll be done faster, but I, that's not necessarily the case, especially if you don't like doing it. So now you've thought about it for two weeks when you probably could have just delegated it the first time. And then you didn't even have to like have that brain space for it.
1: Well, and the problem is like, usually you don't have to do most things just once. So yeah, maybe it'll be quicker if I do it this time and next time. But like the 40 times after that, if I still have to do it, then I'm still doing it. And, you know, it really adds up over time. Right. So it's, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's never a lack of things to do, I think. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So if you can, yeah, if you can take those things that are repeating things that keep going on and, you know, just teach somebody once, you know, get them to check it with you and teach them again, like, Oh, I forgot to tell you this piece of it. And you didn't do that, Okay, do this next time. And and after that, you just literally don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Right, yeah, definitely. Um, what is the best advice that you've ever received? Hmm.
1: The best advice I've ever received. Good question. Um, I would say. That's a, yeah, there's like so many little tidbits like and it's all I find like the best advice just in general as a category is all little tiny things. And I think they all just add up to be like this cumulative like compound effect. Um, but I, I mean, I have to go back to the, the one I wrote an article about is just focus on your job and not because it made me jump out and be an entrepreneur and start my company. But just, like, in general, as a principle, like, focus on, like, what you're doing right now, um, I think is a very strong, very, like, it's very powerful to be like, I'm just going to focus on this and get it done Um, in anything you do, right? Whether it's your business or whether you're writing a paper or whether you're, like, out for dinner with your new fiancé. Like, if you just focus on that, like, you're... You're going to be way more successful and, uh, and then you can move on to the next thing. And like we're horrible multitaskers, right? So yes. yeah, I'd say that's it.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. And I think people need to really remind themselves of that. I that's one of my things of 2019 was to focus and finish things before you move on to the next thing because distractions are real and you can waste a lot of time. Speaking of uh, getting things done in how much time you give it. If you just focus for an hour, you could get so much more done than if you play around with all your tabs and social media and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have way too many tabs open.
0: Oh man. Same. <laughs> um, couple more questions. Is there a podcast or book that you would recommend to listeners?
1: Oh, so many books. Um, hmm.
0: It doesn't have to be one if you have like a top
1: three. Yeah, I've got lots of books. Um, let me just pull up my Apple Books thing. Um, I would say, obviously, like Simon Sinek's Find Your Why is like super huge. Um, I would say, let me see here. My library. Um, Uncommon Service um, by Francis Frey. I think service is like one of those things that most businesses are in. It's kind of like the cliche, like you're everyone's a tech business. Like I think everyone's a service business. Um, that one and also like Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, who's the Amazon founder. If you can nail service, like, I don't care what company you're running, you're going to like kill it because people, people love service, like, you, I don't know, name your favorite coffee shop. Like if you have to wait an extra 15 seconds versus another one, you're going to go to that one. Right. Totally. So like, it's huge. Like service is very under appreciated, I think. Um, and then also. Like there's a few other books, um, like Rework, it's the founders of Basecamp. And they kind of like go through their story, how they built their business and and all the different things that they've thought of. Um, It's a really great book. Um, Yeah, and then, I don't know, I read a book by a guy named Scott Gerber called Never Get a Real Job. Um, (laughs) It's a great book, it's really well written. And then uh, the last one I'll mention is uh, a a book called Built to Sell. Um, And it's a great book. It doesn't matter if you're trying to sell your company, but it actually walks, it's a story of a person who has a business and it's not doing great and they wanna be successful and they wanna sell the company. And it really walks you through the steps of how to transform your company into a business. Like we're all, a lot of people are in a service business, but it's tough to sell a service business because you you're the you're the product right
0: right but what it
1: what it does is it actually walks you through their journey on turning a service actually into a product which then is not tied to that person and then all the other things around like all the considerations around like how you build your business so it is as valuable to whoever comes along as it can be Um, but again if you weren't even going to sell your business why would you not want to do that anyway right like that's the question is like you want your business to be as valuable as it can be even if you're not going to sell it because then you're more like you're doing better right,
0: right. So, oh,
1: yeah there's a few books
0: yeah i haven't read any of them and i was just like writing them down i was like oh i'm gonna have to go to chapters after this <laughs> Not <at all. laughs> um and where can people connect with you find you
1: yeah. So mostly I'm on like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, just Sean underscore Freeman. And yeah, you can find me on there. Um, I I like don't post a tons. Depends. I'm like super sporadic, but um, there's a few Facebook groups that are like super top secret and they're like all business owners. And that's actually where I spend most of my time on social um, because it's not just like mindless scrolling through dinner right. photos and all sorts of dog pictures. I love dog pictures, but
0: <laughs> yeah, you can I only do.
1: waste so much time in your day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. That was an awesome interview. I'm pretty sure everyone will have gotten something out of that. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and uh, i me know if you need anything else.